the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Ross brought you by the SGPN Bowl Challenge. $250 in cash and a $250 gift card is up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, December 13th, currently 1031 on the East Coast, here to break down the five-game schedule in the NBA on Tuesday night. And join me to help me break down the card, a full house of sharp betters, my first co-host. You guys know him on the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, and of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, how are you feeling this morning, my man? Yeah, feeling pretty well. Looking forward to going through the NBA card. Uh, how'd your Monday go? Monday was not too kind to me. I know we gave out uh, three picks yesterday. We gave out a bonus pick yesterday. Um, I had the I gave out the under in the Celtics and the Clippers. No, sorry, Clippers game. That one uh, came in easy. But I also had the Cavs. Last night, who just absolutely left an egg on the table in uh, San Antonio last night. They lose outright. And then I also had Minnesota, where Damian Lillard just went nuclear, and pretty much that was uh, wrapped up for me. But I know Terrell had a great night last night. He took Memphis minus eight. And then I think his dog was, I want to say OKC. They kept it competitive, but uh, they did cover the number. Yeah, but they didn't get the outright victory. But um Pretty good day for Terrell, though. Uh, also joining us here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Delonte Smith. Delonte, how's it going, my man? What's up, man? Uh, glad we got a decent card on a Tuesday for once. Uh, usually it's like two or three games. So uh, excited to break it down. Got some interesting matchups. Uh, stayed up a little later watching uh, Oak Hill and um, Christ the King uh, with LeBron and uh, Carmelo's son. So uh, I wonder if the um, Lakers game is going to have as many celebrities there as it did <laughs> their game. So when did that what, when did that game kick off anyway? Uh, honestly, it was kind of weird because like ESPN, it was supposed to uh, start on ESPN two at eleven thirty, but for whatever reason, it was the SVP show on both ESPN and ESPN two. So it didn't get like I guess viewers didn't really get it at least on the East Coast until maybe like eleven forty five. I was just wondering because I know I assume most high school games probably start closer to like seven o'clock local yeah. time something like that but yeah i started uh, like a lot i know it's it was in california so you have a three-hour difference there but i don't know an eight thirty start time i thought was a bit weird but yeah yeah i mean i guess they gotta give you gotta give uh those people enough time to get through that la traffic i didn't watch it so yeah, yeah. i mean it was it was just it was just on i was looking at it they got some you know it's high school basketball so yeah but other than that nba is going pretty good going pretty good right now yeah, last night, interesting night in the association, as it usually always is. There are some upsets, some head scratchers, and just some games that come out of the 1990s. And I think the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers final score there was probably uh, it will, was one of those games where the Miami Heat 
Got the victory against the Indiana Pacers, 87-82 in that game. Uh, just, just brutal offense in this game. Uh, very tough shooting night for both teams. Uh, both shot below 40%. Uh, Halliburton at one point. So yeah, that kind of tells you where how that game kind of went. Did he get hurt or I didn't I didn't watch I didn't no, watch. No, he was just he was just bad. Oh yeah, wow. yeah I, seen his, for nine. I seen his stat line. I was like, wow, did he get hurt? Like no, just went over nine. It was wow. just bad. Yeah, it was wow. just bad all around uh, for both teams. Both teams shot below thirty percent from uh, the three point line, but Miami does get the victory there, 87-82. Um, and I talked about the Cavs losing outright to the Spurs. They have now won three games in a row, so maybe. Might come a time here where we absolutely start fading them here uh, since we talked about how this team is going to be tanking this season, but they have now won three games in a row. Scott, anything else that kind of stuck out to you last night? I know John Moran did not play, but Memphis still took care of business against Atlanta, who was also shorthanded uh, coming off a back-to-back game in overtime. But what, what stuck out to you in the association last night? That was the only play that I had. I had one play. I had the Grizzlies' first half. I got that at three and a half on the overnight. I think it closed at four and a half or five. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. Memphis really, really good at home, especially in the first half. Atlanta, I thought, would bench everybody because they had an overtime game the day prior, and it was a back-to-back with travel. That part didn't surprise me. Uh, the only thing that did surprise me about that game or that kind of annoyed me was the fact that Jod didn't play. Mm. And I know that he's battling a bit of a thigh injury, but the Grizzlies had not played since the ninth. They had two full days off, and yet you still rested Jaw on the 12th. I just think yeah. the injury management's a bit out of control. But besides that, that was my main takeaway. Really not much else that really interested me. Uh, San Antonio, I don't fully understand because they're finally <laughs> okay again. It was like they took a month off. They had a decent start for like 10 games, became terrible, and then became decent again. Yeah. That's kind of my impression of the Spurs. Uh, but besides that, I guess my only other takeaway was that Kwai and the Clippers looked really good last night. But yeah. I was, I believe it was the last game for the Celtics on their West Coast trip. I think they do play tonight in LA. Oh, as far as traveling, no, but they have one game tonight against the Lakers. Okay, my not, bad. they're not traveling. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, but I guess the point is either mentally they were fried after losing to Golden State, or maybe they were potentially overlooking the Clippers. But Kawhi jumped off the page to me because he went ten of twelve, and he mm-hmm. was phenomenal overall in that game. But, yeah, I think my main takeaway is just the annoying continuation of the NBA resting superstar players for no apparent reason. Because, once again, it's I understand on a back-to-back Atlanta wants to rest everybody. Memphis hadn't played for two full days. Yeah. Like, you really didn't need to bench Ja there, but you chose to anyway. Didn't affect me. Memphis covered, but still, it just it's just annoying at this point. Yeah, it really is. Um, their next game is not till even the 15th now, so it'll be what close to almost a full week where John Moran has had a uh, hasn't played in a game. Their next game is not till December 15th, which is on Thursday against the Milwaukee Bucks at home. So it was, it was um, one game. You played one game in yeah. like a week, and it's like, out. We just that was against Detroit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you think is is the injury like more severe than what they're giving it to, like what they're you know giving to us, or is that just you know it's a thigh injury thing? though? It's, it's not like we're even talking about like a hamstring or any mm-hmm. type of broken bone or anything. It just seems like there's a little bit of soreness, maybe some swelling or some bruising, and Memphis just decided, you know what, Atlanta's benching half the team, so why should we even bother? Yeah, like, I mean, they're, I pretty, they're that, pretty good without them anyway. I mean, not that, you know, not yeah, pretty, that's why it didn't matter, but yeah. 
is just the fact that you basically have one game for an entire week. I mean, Munaf said the next game's Thursday. You had mm-hmm. one game against Memphis, against uh, Detroit, which I believe was Saturday. Uh, Detroit was, was on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. I think, but that's the point. It's like you're you're barely playing the whole week. It, it, I just feel like Ja. If it was a playoff series, he would have played. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, I understand the argument is it's a regular season game. Who cares? You know, look at the big picture. But at some point, people are paying to go to the games. Yeah. Like, if you can play, you should be playing. You're also trying to rest your star player, and you're basically a month into the season. And he's like, what, 27, 26? If that. Yeah, if that, yeah. So it, it just seems extremely excessive, and it's kind of just annoying as a fan. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, that last game wasn't uh, – that Detroit game was actually on Friday. It was so Friday had, is what I thought. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. that's my that's my point, though. I just thought it was a little bit weird. Yeah, I think they probably just took advantage of the scheduling for them that, hey, let's give them a week off because we only have one game till next next Thursday, which, like I mentioned, is against mm-hmm. Milwaukee. But, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Dante, anything that stuck out to you last night? Uh, Brooklyn looked good. I mean, uh, granted, you know, they were playing the Wizards, but uh, they still rolling. I think they won four in a row. Um, but so I'll be interested to see how they look going forward because their schedule, their upcoming schedule is is pretty tough. I think they get uh, Boston. Um, they got to go to Atlanta, which uh, they usually uh, KD and Kyrie usually don't do well um, when they go to Atlanta for whatever reason uh, in the short sample size that they've been together. Um, and I think they had Boston, Golden State, Milwaukee. So they got a lot of uh, big games coming up. I want to see how they look uh, against some, you know, superior teams uh, instead of like bottom feeders. Uh, they look good to me. Um, as we were talking about the Clippers, uh, I mean, it's just Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, you never know, you know what you're going to get with the Clippers. I mean, once the, if those two guys are in, uh, title contender for sure. Uh, yeah. The way they play defense, both of those guys trading off. I think I've seen. Kawhi and PG, you know, like really take on the task of, you know, guarding Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum made life a little bit tough for him. I think Tatum finished with uh, 20 points, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, uh, I don't think he was efficient, but still. Yeah, no, nah, he, he, he's he been bad the last uh, few games. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think Kawhi and PG had a little something to do with that. Uh, but, you know, they could be, you know, hitting a little wall. They have been, you know, still freight training people uh, for the past month and a half, two months. But uh, other than that, not too much. I mean, I think you guys pretty much hit on everything. Uh, shot, uh, Shea versus uh, Luca was pretty good last mm-hmm. night. Uh, Shea had 42. Uh, I don't think the game was ever in doubt. The question was, was yeah, yeah. The, was the were the Mavericks going to cover or not? That's really right. the only question because yeah. the game was kind of hovering around that point spread threshold for mm-hmm. almost the entire fourth quarter of the last yeah. like five, ten minutes. But yeah. Dallas was never going to lose the game at any point. They were up yeah, by have- usually like eight throughout yeah Yeah. for whatever reason like i feel like okc is more competitive on the road than they are at home i don't have the numbers to back that up but just like i test wise i feel like they just like are just totally better on the road than they are at home i I don't have the i don't have the attendance numbers but i'm assuming most people aren't going to thunder games Mm, that's fair yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they're 10-6 on the road against the spread 10-4 and as uh road underdogs uh this season uh, at home, that would make them what five and five against the spread. So yeah. yeah, they've been doing a lot better at home, and they are one of the teams that do trends toward the uh, over, where they are seventeen and ten. Last night was another game where uh, that game did get over the total last night for OKC and Dallas. I think last note we do need to mention Damian Lillard last night 
had an incredible game through mm-hmm. three quarters. I don't think he played an entire fourth quarter, nor did they need him to, but he finished that game um, in 29 minutes. He finished up with 38 points, was 11 of 17 from three-point land. And I think that if this game was close, you probably could have gotten the record, um, NBA record for threes made in the game, but they didn't need him. Uh, very efficient night for him as well in Portland. Takes care of business against Minnesota last night, uh, 133-112 as the uh, the Portland Trailblazers now, man. Uh, after what happened last season where there's a lot of question marks around this team, they're trending a lot okay. I know they're 15-12 and 12 right mm-hmm. now, but um, they, they've been looking pretty solid. I think took care of the took care of business against Minnesota in that little two-game uh, home series there against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But anything else, guys, you want to mention before we get into the card here for Tuesday night? Uh yeah, just one more thing. Well, a couple things. So, uh, with with Portland, do we think they can you know make some noise in the playoffs, or are they like a piece or two away? Or what? What do you guys think about that? I'm, I'm I'll, I'll ask see. you this way: How would you define noise? Would you say like, can they noise? win? Two, can they win two? Uh, uh, can they basically get to the Western Conference Finals? Okay. Can they? I think they could. But I think they need a couple of favorable matchups. I think that if they went up against a team that could just dominate on the inside, I think they're screwed. Like, I think New Orleans is a horrible matchup for them. I I just think that teams with length, teams with size, no offense to Nurkic, but if he's against other big men who are, let's just say, talented, or if you're against just a bunch of them, I don't think he can do it by himself. I don't think that Portland has any front court depth whatsoever, and I think that's kind of the Achilles heel of this team. Yep. Uh, they need to stay hot from three, which is a yeah. given anytime you have Lillard and Simons on the same team. Jeremy Grant, I like. They got to stay healthy, obviously, and I know Gary Payton still has not played yet, so that could definitely help out the defense. But I think they're built to excel against other jump-shooting teams. The problem is if any other team can really just get to the rim or they try to get to the rim, Mm -hmm. I don't think Portland has a lot of great rim and overall paint defense because Nurkic is really their only center. They try to use Eubanks a little bit, but rarely. I I just think that this team, it's possible they can go on a run. They made a run there with McCollum. They ended up beating the Nuggets in seven, and they they ended up losing. Then they got swept to Golden State in the Western Conference Finals the one time Lillard got there. I think it's possible. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But I think they could. They just need a pretty favorable list of opponents in the playoffs. Yeah. Even off you. you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I, I think that um, Mercury is great, but as far as you know, defending the paint, it's... We're also assuming he stays healthy, and that's a yeah. serious... And, that's and, out, and out of yeah. foul trouble. And out yeah. of foul trouble. Because right now Portland is number twenty-two as far as def- uh, points allowed in the paint, where obviously is well below league average right now. But yeah, I think Scott's right where they're going up against a team that does give up a lot of three-pointers. Example: Minnesota is one of those teams where they're bottom uh, in the league as far as defending the three-point line. We saw that over their last two games where Portland was take it was able to take advantage of that. So like, I think they would beat Sacramento. In yeah. a seven game series, yeah. like, like right. a team like that in the first round, and then or second round, or some other. What about what about Memphis? You think they can beat Memphis? Personally, no. I think Memphis is too good at home. 
Yeah. And I think Memphis with Jackson and with everybody in the paint, they just have too many bodies. I, I don't think Nurkic would have a shot in that series. Yeah, right now, if the playoffs started, they would face Denver in the first round. Yeah, I don't think they would beat Denver either. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think. But I, I, I mean, I'm, you know. I think, they, I, I think that series would be interesting because yeah, I, I, like I, I, I think they match up well, like, other than Triple J. I, and Adams, which I think they'll play Adams off the court. Like I don't think he'd be able to play against Portland. They'll go small and put Jeremy Grant at the five and spread him out, and he won't be. It'll be you know similar to what they did last year. Yeah, but you year. still have Clark. You still you still have yeah. a couple other options there. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, Nick's pointing out that Eubanks is underrated. I agree. I just was throwing him out there. He has been pretty good for them this season. But the point is, Nurkic is really your main option. And I do think that with that being the case, there are a couple of matchups that are really bad for Nurkic. Yep. And I don't think that the coaching staff truly trusts Eubanks enough in order to throw him out there for 25, 30 plus minutes in some questionable matchups for Nurkic. I don't think so. I think that yep. Billups would try to ride or die with his best guys. And I think that would come back to bite him yep. at some point. Yeah. yeah. This is something, uh, I, something I looked at. That's all. Yeah. Anything else, guys? That's about it. You mentioned Minnesota. Uh, yeah. I've been roasting them for months. I roasted them during the offseason. I thought it was one of the worst trades of all time. I know Cat's injured now. They weren't good beforehand. Is it time to fully admit that this season is a lost cause, or do you think they can right the ship? Because I don't think they're making the playoffs. I mean, I think it's still maybe early. They're only two games out from being in fifth place in the uh, Western Conference. And I really think that one through 10 is really going to come down to the wire. Oh, it will. I, I know that according to the standings, they're definitely far from out of it. I'm just talking yeah. about based on what we've, what seen, we've seen this season and the lack of overall progression and the lack of growing chemistry. It's not even the fact that there was no chemistry to start. That was expected. You were kind of just yeah. hoping along the way they would look more comfortable. They look the same. They've looked like the same team for about two months. Yeah. And Pat's injured now for X amount of time. They weren't good beforehand. Finch looks like he's totally lost with regard yeah. to the rotations, with regard to the overall lineups they're using. I think D'Angelo Russell's or any I think D'Angelo Russell's gonna get traded. Yeah. Because I, I think, think he has to. You're running out of guys to trade. You can't trade Gobert. Cat's probably going to be on the team as well. Yeah. I think D'Angelo is a lost cause because you're obviously not going to trade Edwards. Yeah. I just think Minnesota is in a – they're really just not a good basketball team. And I feel like at this point you're running out of moves because you can't trade Gobert. I'm curious how this team is going to look maybe next year when they change the backcourt around. But as of right now – I'm not picking them to make the playoffs. I think this team, if they're lucky, will get into a play-in game, and they'll probably lose somewhere there. I, I just don't see them really doing anything because they don't excel in anything. Like yeah. Defensively, we watched them. They got killed against Portland, and they can't score because the spacing's not there most of the time. Mm. Uh, do you have any – It's only going to get worse there? when Cat gets back because they still weren't able to figure out how they want to play mm. with both of those guys on the floor as far as spacing goes too, right? They're bad like, right, with or without them. Like, yeah. is, is there any optimism that you really have? Because no, they're I think not they, good at anything. Yeah, I think they yeah. did a disservice to Anthony Edwards because they got both of those guys in the paint. I mean, he thrives on slash into the basket, you know, mid-range, uh, and they're turning him into a jump shooter, which he's, he's a decent jump shooter, but that's not what – he that's not what he thrives on. He thrives on getting to the paint, 
uh, you know, getting to the line. Now that he's a jump shooter, I mean, he's he, he can't get to the lane. It's like clogged. And even Cat, I mean, you know, he shoots threes, but he posts, you know, from the free throw line extended, and you got Gobert at the back. I mean, it's kind of clogged. Nobody has to guard, you know, Gobert outside of the paint. So, yeah, I don't know what the hell they're doing, to be honest. I'm you, I don't know I don't, I don't, <laughs> what they're doing. I know it's early in the <laughs> no season, idea. so it feels a little bit, you know, rushed to write off a team. I've been writing them off for the entire season, and they have not done anything to prove me wrong. And I know Cat's hurt now, but once again, they are bad with him anyway. Yeah. They just have not grown together at all. And you mentioned Edwards being basically a jump shooter, which is true. A guy that athletic should average at least like six free throws a game. Like, at least. Yeah, but and he can't. He's, he's, running can't. In, he's running into go bears. That's what I'm saying. You, you turn he's Edwards into face. a three-point shooter, yeah, and yeah. he's a pretty decent three-point shooter. Not amazing by any means. But once again, this team just doesn't have an identity. And they don't have a bench. And their starting lineup's kind of clogged. So I think I think that Minnesota has serious problems, and I don't see them getting better anytime soon. Yeah, I see yeah, that uh, I Nick agree. was saying about trading rent for Randall. What's everybody's fetish with Cam Reddish? Like, I don't get. I really don't get it. Like, I don't think he's good at all. When like, he was drafted out of Duke, I remember he missed one game because he claimed he was sick, and everyone hated him for it because Coach K wanted him to play. I think it was in the NCAA tournament, and they won anyway. But I remember he got drafted, and I immediately told myself he'd be out of the league within five years. Yeah, and he's still it. he's still in the league, bouncing around. He's clawing, but I never got the hype. I don't, I, I don't get like everybody I don't think loves he's good. Everybody loves Reddish. I mean, he had that game in the playoffs, that one game, and then he goes to the Knicks and he has that one game, and now he can't even crack you know the rotation. I don't, I don't, I don't really don't get it. I like him in. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's good in high school. And That's you could say, yeah, high school used to drop 40. Like most yeah, but, players in the NBA could probably drop 40 in high school. But I'm, yeah. you're looking at his skill set. He was mostly a wing defender for this Knicks team. But you look at his shooting numbers in his career, his shooting numbers stink. Like I, I, don't, I don't think he's good. The Randall piece is interesting because he's actually been good for the last couple of games there. I – so how many? I don't know how many picks you'd actually have to give up in order to actually get Cat. I'm not sure the Knicks would even do it. How do many even picks, have picks to give away? The Knicks? <laughs> uh, no, the, the yeah, the, the, the Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, the, no, I, I think he's saying that Cat would be traded for Randall Reddish and picks, as in the Knicks would have oh, okay. to throw in a pick or two. Man, I don't, I don't even know how many firsts you'd have to throw in because I think Cat's overrated too. I think Cat's a good player. I don't think he's a great player, but he's better than Randall. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting that one grade. first yeah. in there. You throw one first in there. Yeah, I think they were only asked for two at minimum. Yeah, that's yeah. Because I mean, Knicks fans got a love hate relationship. I, I've seen, I've got friends that's, that's that are Knicks fans. Literally, Randall was Michael Jordan. Yeah, we all have friends. His, his name's his name's Terrell. We know, we know <laughs> what you're talking about. You know, he's just, he's just name dropping. But so yeah, they they, they thought Mike, they thought uh, Randall was Michael Jordan the year that they had that you know before uh, the playoffs year yeah before the playoffs when he won the most improved this this next year they want to trade him every game like I don't I don't get it. I mean it's just Knicks fans that you know at their height I don't get it I mean I, I think that Randall and Cat are closer together than people think because neither of them could be a one. Neither of them, in my opinion, could be a two on an actual championship team. I don't think I, Randall I, or Cat would be a two. I think Randall just plays uh, like he. I, I admire him playing like extremely hard every play. 
Every, yeah, he's, like, he's, he all, he's also team. too heavily involved in ISO ball, which yeah. Yeah. involves a bunch of mid-range jump shots. Mm-hmm. And and, for, no, and he can't, he still can't go right after being in a league for five plus years. He can't. Yeah, but how right often now. does Harden go right? Like you, you can. You, there's some exceptions to be made. Ginobili never learned how to go right. Like you can still be successful if you just excel going in one direction. But I just feel like you're talking about Cat, and everyone was hoping he'd be this guy. And last year in the regular season, he was very good. Playoffs came around and he shrunk. And you yeah. can make the same case that Julius Randle did the same thing a couple of years ago against Atlanta. I, I just yeah. feel like a couple of guys aren't all that when it comes to relying on them in clutch moments. And I think that's Cat's biggest problem. Do you trust the ball in his hands in clutch situations in a playoff series or even at the end of games? I don't. I don't Give trust Randle either. Give it Anthony Edwards. And Edwards is going to have to settle for a bunch of 30-footers. Right. Yeah. So that's the problem. I'm not a cat guy. I think yeah. he's a good player. I just think that he's highly overrated. All right, guys, let's get over to the uh, Tuesday night schedule here in the NBA. And before we uh, get into the actual games here, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. And WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers of change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Roster brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. We're back with Underdog Fantasy, and if you haven't signed up already, you can get, still get a 100% deposit match of up to $100 when you use promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. Underdog is great for their weekly battle royal format, as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball. Underdogfantasy.com, and again, make sure to use promo code SGPN. All right, guys, let's get into this five-game schedule here in the association here tonight. Let's kick it off with the first game on the board. That's going to be the Sacramento Kings in the brotherly uh, city of brotherly love. Taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, it's going to be a 7 o'clock Eastern start in this game. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, this number opened up minus 5 in favor of the Philadelphia uh, 76ers. That number has been bet up to minus 5 and a half. Still some minus 5s out there. Total opened up at 227. That number has been bet up to 229 over on win bet. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, to start here with the road team, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is officially listed as questionable here tonight. He is dealing with right foot soreness. He did practice on Monday for the Sacramento Kings. Um, other than that, uh, everybody else is a go for the Kings. For the Philadelphia 76ers, Daniel House is probable here tonight. We know Tyrese Maxey continues to be out. Um, and everybody else is a go as well for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Scott, let me start with you on this game. Currently seeing um, minus five for the Philadelphia, sorry, five and a half for the Philadelphia 76ers hosting the Sacramento Kings. For me, I'm going to go with the Sixers here, uh, and I'm also going to lean to the over. I know there's been a lot of line movement on the over. I don't really care. I think you'll see a lot of points in this game. 
I like Philly, though, in this spot. Sacramento has really not been playing that well lately, uh, losing two or three. Arguably should have been three of three because they closed the Cavs game on a 19-0 run while they were down about eight points with five minutes to go. Cleveland just fell apart uh, in the late stages. I know Mitchell did not play in that game, Donovan Mitchell, and the Cavs' offense imploded. But Sacramento scored 99 against the Knicks. Uh, they lost to the Bucks as well. Main issue for me is going to be paint defense. Uh, they give up the sixth most points in the paint uh, per game. Uh, and you're facing Embiid off a of 50-piece. I think Embiid's going to kill this team. Like, I feel like it's a no-brainer for Embiid props. His point prop is 31.5. I took the over last night. I know it's still 31.5, but now it's heavily juiced. I'm just expecting Embiid to walk into 35. I, I don't know what Sacramento is supposed to do about it. Uh, you have Sabonis as your center, who has played better defense this season. Is he a good defensive player? Not really. Embiid can get to the line a lot. He can shoot. He's been doing really well lately. He scored 35-plus and four straight. He's off a of 50-piece. The guy's playing phenomenal basketball, and Harden's been a great facilitator, and I think that he'll play well. Fox is either going to play or he's uh, he's going to play, but maybe below 100% or just not going to play at all. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Philly in the over. Sacramento has a losing record on the road. Philly's been good at home. They're usually good at home. But it's mostly just Embiid and Harden. I think there'll be too much to handle, which is why there has been money on the over. I just don't think people are expecting Sacramento to get many stops. I think Sabonis might end up in foul trouble for a decent portion of this game. Yeah. But give me Philly. They have an unstoppable player on the court in this game. That's good enough for me. I'll take the Sixers. And the over. Delonte, what do you got for the game? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I like Philly as well. Um the, as far as the total, it's going to be pretty much a contrast of style. Seven of the last ten uh, for Sacramento went under. Six of the last ten that went over for Philadelphia. So whoever dicta- dictates the tempo pretty much is, you know, probably going to have a shot to win and co- or cover this game. Uh, as far as Sacramento, you know, some of the lust has, you know, worn off a little bit. Uh, they've hit a wall. But they do do some things well from, you know, the they're deep at their backcourt. They, they got Monk, they got Murray, who's playing well, you know, Fox, I don't know, you know, he's up in the air tonight, but he's he's been playing well. And that's something that Philly is still trying to get under control as far as their guard, their guard dip and, you know, some key contributors uh, from that position. So I do like Sacramento from a guard standpoint, but like Scott pointed out, like Embiid, he's, he's going to be too much, I think, for, you know, this team. I mean, who do they put on him? Like, Sabonis can't – I mean, nobody can guard him. But, like, you know, Sabonis is going to be on him. He's going to kill Sabonis, which yeah. then will put him in foul trouble, which then will make uh, De'Aaron Fox or, you know, whoever else is going to be in the game, uh, Davion Mitchell, put more onus on them. Not a good recipe. Uh, Embiid, over the, in the month of December, 41.3 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game. So – I think, like Scott said, I think he he might get another fifty piece. To be honest, uh, I can I can see you know thirty seven to thirty seven and fifteen. Uh, it could be a forty and twenty type of game. That's how big of an advantage that I think he has in this matchup. Um, I'm expecting the Kings' entire team to basically be in foul trouble the yeah, entire way through, right. which is definitely not a good recipe if you want to take the Kings. Right, and to your point on the over, uh, Sacramento first in offensive possession link, 13.5 seconds uh, per possession. And they also, being that they're going to be you know shooting a lot of shots, that's more you know more uh, 
I guess, opportunities for rebounds for Embiid. Uh, Philly, they they do turn they, – their guards do do a good job of turning guys over. Uh, fourth and turnover percentage defense, which is, you know, opponents' possessions ending in a turnover. So they do do that well. They defend the three well. They're uh, first in effective three-point percentage defense. And Sacramento relies a lot on the three. Uh, but I think all signs point to Embiid dominating this game. So I would be on Philly at that number, and I would lean over with Scott. Yeah, I like Philly here tonight as well. They are the Sacramento Kings. Uh, we talked about the paint here, but also they get, allow uh, teams to shoot thirty six point seven percent from uh, three point land, so they're going to get killed inside and out. Now they only do give up about eleven point three makes per game, um, but I just think that when you have okay James Harden on the perimeter, DeAnthony Milton has been shooting the ball well for them. You know, Tobias Harris can knock down a few for you as well, so they have shooters. That can knock it down, but I think, yeah, you guys are right. That hard, sorry, uh, Embiid should have a big game here tonight. You kind of just look at his game log uh, against the Kings um, in his career. Seven games, he's averaging 27.3 points per game. The thing that really stuck out to me is his rebounds, 14.6 per game against the Kings. He's had his first ever career game was back on December 26 and 2016 but since in that game he only had eight rebounds but since then in the six games against the kings 15 17 17 16 17 and 12 and right now i'm seeing his rebounding prop at uh nine and a half i'll probably wait for that to get to ten and a half here tonight i think that you'll get some plus money on that but i really like his rebounding prop here tonight uh for joel mb to clear the boards again and i think yeah you guys are right he probably has a monster game a 35 15 he could probably go for another 50 piece in this game here as well um any other player props you do guys uh you guys like in this game i know scott you already mentioned joel and beat anybody else i was looking at Harden assists yeah uh, just because he's been really phenomenal with uh sharing the basketball recently but mm-hmm. for the most part no it's tough to evaluate the kings truly because we don't know if fox is going to play or not and if he's out that's a lot of extra shots for other guys but mm-hmm. For the most part, no. It's mostly just sticking with the main guys, sticking with Embiid, sticking with Harden. Last three career games against the Sacramento Kings as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden, 12 assists, 14 and 14. So uh, in two of those games, he had a triple-double against the uh, Sacramento Kings there. So mm. uh, definitely keep that in mind. Maybe uh, if you want to sprinkle on James Harden, uh, mm. triple-double here tonight. You, you might have got me with that. You might have got me with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else for this game, guys? Um I, I like Keegan Murray uh, tonight quite a bit tonight. Um, he's playing really well. Scored double digits in the last seven games. Uh, he's three. He made three plus threes in uh, five of the last six. I think his threes made prop is over one and a half. It should be a. It should be at like pick them like minus one ten or maybe even a plus price. I seen like mix in between those numbers, uh, but I think Murray can even with with or without Fox. I think that number. Is a little both of those numbers are a little bit short. Uh, his points prop is eleven and a half, and that should probably probably be around maybe like fourteen if Fox is out. Um, so cause he's gonna get a lot of opportunities. Yeah, so I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't see Kings props yet, like you mentioned, because they probably are just waiting for the uh, De'Aaron yeah. Fox news before. I have seen I have seen them a, a little bit earlier uh, on threes for the threes made and the points, but I mean, like you said, with the news about Fox, they might have took him down. But I do like. I do like uh, Keegan Murray over his points and threes made uh, and 
of course, we all like Embiid, points and rebounds. I seen it, it was at 40 and a half. Is that what you seen? 40 and a half for his points and rebounds combined? For Embiid, let me see here. I see it 41 and a half now. And a half, yeah. yeah, I see yeah. 41 and a half now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like we said, I think he can walk into that and then harden assists. He's been handling the ball a lot more with Maxi being out. And uh, nine and a half, I think, is kind of short. 12 plus assists back to back games. And with a lot of, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to run, get out and, you know, Push the ball ahead, hit and be running the floor. Um, so I like those as well. So yep. all right, guys, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's probably the game of the night. That's gonna be the Golden State Warriors in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks here tonight. This is gonna be a 7:30 Eastern start in this game. Uh looking at the opening lines for this game, the Milwaukee Bucks opened up as a four and a half point favorite. Uh, that number has been bet down to minus four. Starting to see some minus three and a halves pop up as well. Excuse me. Uh, total open up at 229 and a half in this game. That number has been bet up to 232 and a half uh, over on win bet currently. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams. Currently seeing for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Draymond Green is probable here tonight. And Andrew Wiggins continues to be out as well as Andre Iguodala. And for the Milwaukee Bucks, um, Chris Middleton is probable here tonight, and Drew Holiday is officially questionable here tonight with a non-COVID-related illness. We're seeing the uh, Golden State Warriors coming off of their victory against the Boston Celtics, but they head on the road here where they have not been very good on the road. Uh, there's no better way to put it. They are 3-10 and 10 against the spread on the road so far this season, 2-4 and four against the spread as road underdogs this season. Milwaukee... Also coming off a loss against the uh, Houston Rockets in their last game, they head back home where they are ten and five against the spread uh, so far this season. Ten and five as home favorites as well. Uh, Delonso, let me start with you on this game. Milwaukee currently are a uh, let's call it four. Yeah, let's call it four points uh, favorite uh, hosting the defending champions, the Golden State Warriors. What do you like about this game? Yeah, uh, I think this got the potential to be like a well okay so I'll preface this I thought it would it was on paper to me whenever I started looking at some stuff I thought that Milwaukee had a chance to like win by double digits like convincingly because what they're doing defensively is extremely well and with Wiggins out that's one less of a defender Draymond's probable um he's I mean he's probably gonna go uh it's a big game the TNT game tonight so I'm pretty sure he's gonna go but how effective can he be um, is is pretty big on my list, and they they got their big win uh, Saturday with you know the win over um, Boston, and I think it might be due for a little bit of a letdown. I mean, I know we don't <clears throat> excuse me, I know we don't make bets off of the due factor, but I think that the matchup is bad for um, Golden State. Like you said, they have been playing well uh, in the last ten, seven and three ATS the last ten, but they are three and ten ATS on the road. Uh, Milwaukee's gonna have some fire under them. Tonight, after losing that game to Houston, uh, they're uh, even with that they're four and one straight up in the last five. Uh, like I was saying, second in defensive rating, uh, first in effective field goal percentage allowed, and you know Steph is going to be Steph, but I don't think those other guys will be able to get loose and do some of the things that they're used to doing, especially with Milwaukee's second unit. Um, I would look at you know maybe Milwaukee in the first half. They are the best first half team in the NBA. Uh, plus 6.2 point differential in that uh, with that stat. So I think that Milwaukee has a chance to blow Golden State out. Okay. 
Uh, Scott, what do you got for this game? So initially I was going to blindly take Milwaukee, but now Drew Holiday might not play. And I think Drew Holiday is a big piece because he's going to most likely be matched up on, I'd assume, Curry, maybe Clay, but you're having him chase around screens, and I don't think that's worth it. So I think he'll probably guard Curry if I had to guess. It's a very interesting matchup because Golden State's going to send everybody around screens, and Milwaukee has a lot of size. I'm not sure if Brooke Lopez can actually cover the three-point line as well as people want him to in this matchup. So I'm kind of curious what his role is going to be. But Milwaukee should dominate on the glass. They really should. And I think that's going to be an issue. Let's assume for the sake of it, Drew Holiday plays. I'll lay the four with Milwaukee. I know Golden State's played better lately. I'm not going to read into anything in that Rockets loss. That's a clear look at spot. You have Golden State on deck. You have a Houston team that you don't really care about. Let's be real. And Houston came in and kind of snuck up on you and won. Giannis didn't play well. I think he'll be motivated to put up 30-plus in this game. Mm -hmm. So I think if Holiday plays, I'll take Milwaukee. If he doesn't, I'll probably lean Golden State. I just think that he's really such a good defensive guard. And I know Javon Carter is their backup, and he's a good defensive player too. But if Holiday is out, no offense to Carter, the drop-off offensively between those two players is huge. And Middleton is still kind of feeling his way back after coming back from injury. He's been fine. He hasn't been amazing. He's been okay, though. But there's just a lot of pressure on Giannis to actually mm-hmm. just go nuclear, yep. to, co- to carry you to a win. And I think Drew Holiday kind of needs to play if I'm going to take Milwaukee to cover. So I kind of have to just stall and wait to see if I actually know if Holiday's going to play or not. If he's in, I'll lay it. If he's out, I'll take Golden State. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's obviously a big factor when he's one of your better, you know, defensive players and a guy that can either shadow, like you mentioned, one of the Splash Brothers there. Um, it's also the offense, though, because, I mean, you're, the sure. drop-off between him and Carter is pretty dramatic, and they don't have many quality offensive guards. Yeah, and uh, Drew Holiday in, in, like, clutch moments is unreal. Like, defensively and offensively, mm-hmm. he, is un- he is unreal. Like, he makes tough shots. Um, down the stretch, they – I mean, obviously, you know – you. You can go to Giannis, but you that's not like ideal. You kind of want to get the ball to Middleton. I know, you know, when they on, on their championship run, a lot of was being said about how good is Giannis. You can't give him the ball at the end of games, you know, stuff like that. But Drew Holiday usually takes and makes a lot of those shots. He's good at posting up smaller guards. Um, so I, I'm with you, Scott, on that. Like, if he doesn't play, I mean, I still would lean to uh, to Milwaukee simply because I think that they have enough guys matchup wise to be able to withstand some of those Golden State runs. And Golden State just doesn't have the size of the combat with, you know, Giannis and Portis and Connaughton to a certain to a lesser lesser extent. Um so yeah, kinda I I'm I'm with you on, on that drop off. But Jamar Carter, he can he can get in and play some defense and knock down a few shots, but nearly not as effective as um Drew Holiday. Yeah, I agree. Um, and there, we've talked about this last season as well, where the bench for like they haven't the Milwaukee Bucks haven't really done any significant things or made moves to improve their bench, right? And I know we've talked a lot about, especially in the playoffs, where your starters do play a lot of minutes, and maybe you don't need a bench, but I think it matters in the regular season, where this team really only sometimes goes eight deep through the Milwaukee Bucks. But I, I think I, I do I like. 
Scott, you mentioned, I do want to wait for the true holiday news because obviously that is a big piece here. Uh, I, right now, I would lean with the Milwaukee Bucks in this game just because um, the Warriors just have not been good on the road so far this season. Um, and again, not having Andrew Wiggins is a big defensive piece for, for them not to have as well. So I think that puts a lot of pressure on the Splash Brothers. And look, Clay Thompson had a great shooting night. Does it continue against his Milwaukee team? I'm not sure. Um, but again, yeah, I'll, I'll lean with Milwaukee here. Let's get to the total here, guys. Currently sitting at 229, I believe. Scott, do you have any thoughts on the total? It's very, very tricky since, once again, Drew Holiday's defense is extremely valuable in this matchup. I think I'm going to lean to the under. I don't feel great about it, but Milwaukee's a great defensive team. They're going to force Golden State to really just attempt to ever go in the paint, which I don't think they're going to do that often. I think they're going to really just live or die by the three. Golden State defensively has not been good. They've been better lately, though, so I do think that their defensive numbers might be a little bit uh, negatively inflated because of how awful the start was to the season defensively. They've gotten better over the last couple of weeks. I'm just going to lean to the under. It's a game between two teams that have played each other tough in the past. I think it's going to be competitive. I think both teams are going to bring it. I'll lean under. I don't really feel great about either right now, though. Uh, uh, sorry, I haven't spoken. It's 232 and a half, actually. Um, yeah, I, I'll still lean under. Yeah, I, I just I, think that the number's a little high. Yeah. yeah, I like the under as well. Uh, both these teams are top 10 and three-point uh, percentage allowed to the opponents. Uh, Golden State does give a few more makes where they're ranked number 20 at 12.6, but Milwaukee, as far as defending three-point line, they are top 10 in most categories in uh, three-point percentage allowed at number eight, like I mentioned, and makes per game allowed at 10.9, which ranks number four. And they only give up 35 attempts per game as well, which ranks number six in the entire league. So um, it's going to, I think, I know it is the Warriors and Steph Curry coming to town where those guys can shoot lights out, but I think there's something to it for the Milwaukee Bucks. Dwayne, thoughts on the uh, total here? Yeah, I would lean under as well, um, simply because I think that what um, I was about to say Boston, what Milwaukee does defensively is like on another level than pretty much any other team in the NBA. The two things, obviously, that Golden State does well is obviously they shoot the three ball well, and they also get to the they also get to the rim at a high rate. Well. Like, uh, what do I keep saying, Boston? What the hell? Um, Milwaukee is top three in both field goal percentage, uh, effective three point field goal percentage allowed, and rim percentage defense. So I think that they'll complicate things for um, Golden State. I don't think that Clay will be as effective, him or um, Poole. So uh, I like the I like the under, and um, I don't I don't feel as strong about it. But I do think that we can get there. Uh, you said two thirty-two, two thirty-two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, so what do we got? Like one ten, one one ten, one oh four for them to cover. Yeah, yeah. So I could I could see something like that. Uh, player props we're looking at in this game, guys. Uh, Scott, anything you like? I mean, Giannis should have a field day. Uh, yeah. You're looking at Looney and nobody else. Uh, I mean, that's basically Golden State's front court depth. We know Draymond takes a lot of pride in trying to match up against Giannis. Good luck to him, I guess. I mean, he's given up a couple of inches there, and I'm being generous. Giannis should have a huge game. That's expected. Giannis rebounds, I have to like. I just think yep. he'll have a good game. What is that? The rebounds, probably yeah. 11 and a half. Yeah, over. Over. Uh, Five yeah, 11 and a half. Yeah, you're right. Over. It's uh, juice at minus 130. I think he should record at least like 13 rebounds in this game. Mm -hmm. I think Portis is going to have a very good game here. 
I think Portis is a great spot, especially with Looney's minutes kind of fluctuating. Mm. Uh, they sh- Looney should get a boost in minutes because of the matchup, but Portis, if he gets a lot of run with that second unit, he's going to torch this team. Like yeah. I'm, I'm really not sure who on the Golden State's bench is supposed to match up with Portis. Uh, yeah, they sent Wiseman back down. And Again? Wiseman... Yeah, they only sent them up because of that one oh, game yeah, yeah, where Golden yeah, yeah. State was resting everybody. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. they don't have a backup center mm-hmm. or anyone that's worth a damn in the front court. So I think Porter should have a good game. Uh, Delonte, any props you like? Yeah, man. Uh, he's got stole my thunder. I like Bobby Porter a lot in this game. Uh, his rebounds especially. Uh, Double-digit rebounds in 10 of the last 15 games. Uh, and the second unit is smaller. Uh, Bobby Portis is as effective as – a six man as anybody in the NBA. Um, I think he's uh, just a flyer. You should look at him for a six man of the year. I think uh, that's just a little extra flyer that I think, but um, Bobby Porter's rebounds, double, uh, double, double. I'm looking for him to have a double, double as well. Um, Also something to look at would be like, watch what Giannis does to Kaminga. Cause I know Steve Kerr is going to try to put Kaminga on Giannis to, you know, give him a quote unquote challenge. But Giannis is going to dominate him. I would look for Giannis to have over his points and rebounds. I would look at that as well. Yeah, your guys are right. I think this is going to be a big Giannis game as well. His points prop is – I'll probably look at maybe points and rebounds like we mm-hmm. did for Embiid in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. That number is sitting at 43.5 in this game uh, for uh, Giannis against the Warriors. So, yeah, I do like that look. Um, anything else for this game, guys, before we get up to the next game? No, that's no. it for me. Yep. All right, let's keep it going here. Next game on the schedule, it's going to be the Phoenix Suns headed down to my part of town, the Houston Rockets. Welcome the Phoenix Suns in Houston here tonight. 8 o'clock Eastern start for this game. Uh, Looking at the opening lines for this game, the Phoenix Suns opened up as a minus 5.5 point uh, road favorite here. That number is now at minus 6 at most books. Total opened up at 226. That number has been bet down to 224 and a half starting to see some 224s pop up as well uh looking at the injury report for both of these teams the phoenix suns are going to be without devin booker here tonight uh he is dealing with the left hamstring tightness he did miss the last game against the pelicans in that second game of the back-to-back uh for the houston rockets jay sean tate is out for this game but other than that pretty clean injury report for the houston rockets um Phoenix reeling a little bit here, gentlemen. Uh, they have now lost, I believe it's three games in a row. Four. Have the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they dropped the two games against it's four straight. Four straight, I'm sorry. Um, against Boston, against Dallas, against New Orleans, like I mentioned. Now they try to go to Houston, try to get right here, but they will be without their top scorer, Devin Booker. Scott, let me start with you on this game. Phoenix laying six points here on the road against Houston Rockets. I'm gonna only, I'm gonna go with Houston here. Uh, I just think that Phoenix right now I can't lay six. Booker, I know it was awful the last couple of games he played, but he's still been their best player all season long. Chris Paul just came back. Does he look great? Not really. Uh, you're just looking at Phoenix's offensive options. They don't have much, and I do think that Houston, despite not being a great team, they've been better lately, especially at home. Uh, they beat Milwaukee. They beat uh, Philly. Uh, so they have been decent at home recently, but. The last time they played, Houston won. Booker had 40 and change, but Houston, I believe, attempted roughly 24 more free throws mm-hmm. than Phoenix. They got to the line a lot in that game. But as I said before, 
Uh, you know, you're looking at the recent home games for the Rockets, and they've won four straight home games. Yep. And I, I think that it's decent value if you're going to give me six points with a team that's won four straight home games against decent competition. That's good enough for me. I want nothing to do with Phoenix on the road, who are four and eight straight up, laying six when they really have not looked great. Now, yes, the level of competition has been difficult. New Orleans twice, Dallas and Boston, not ideal. But I'm still going to lean to Houston. I just think it's too many points. I'm right there with you, man. I, again, I just don't want a part of this team right now. Number one, that they are on a losing streak are the Phoenix Suns. And number two, they are without their top scorer, Devin Booker, who always comes in and just torches the Houston Rockets mm. um, in his career. Um, and also, like you mentioned, the Rockets have been playing well on the road. Sorry, at home this season where their front – the the first couple months there for the Rockets, it was very, very heavy on the road. And now they're at home where they're playing well. And again, they got the victory against the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, it was a game where probably were playing for their coach since uh, Paul Silas did pass away and Steven Silas wasn't at the game. But it meant a lot for them. If you're watching that game, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people were, but as a Rockets <laughs> fan, I was watching. I mean, they were celebrating it like it was like they won the championship or something. But it meant a lot to those guys and, the, and that bench and the coaches there for them to get that victory that night. So, um, and they're, I think they're starting to get into a groove here on the Rockets. You know, Jabari Smith is, I think he's improving his offensive game, but defensively, he did a great job against Giannis in that game. And I think that, you know, they should have some success here tonight against the uh, Phoenix Suns as well. So I think they can keep it within the number uh, and possibly win this game outright as well. But, Delonte, what do you got for this game? Rockets versus Suns. Uh, on the side, uh, I'm kind of like with you guys. I can, I can kind of see both sides of the, of the coin because if Phoenix should have a lot of success in the paint with Aiton. And that pick and roll with him and CP, and I didn't hear uh, Cam Johnson. He's like game time decision, right? Uh, he's still out. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why I seen game time decision somewhere, but um, CSO. Yeah, so I think that they, that's the only advantage that they have, especially without Booker in, is Aiton. Twenty uh, seventh in rim percentage defense is Houston, so they don't have a lot, you know, of you know resistance for Aiton. So I think Aiton is in for a big night. Uh, I don't want to be on Phoenix the way they're playing lately in three and seven ATS, the last 10, uh, as you mentioned, own four straight up in ATS uh, last four seemed like new Orleans just took all of their, I don't know. Like they looked so defeated when they played new Orleans, like they they just got in new Orleans, they were down 50 or 40 at home to Boston. So they were yeah, falling on the cliff too. before that. Yeah, I mean, that too. But I, I felt like what I felt like they thought that they were better than new Orleans and new Orleans just came in and like punked them. Like, so, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't have much on the side. I do like the total under, um, uh, both teams, you know, they don't fast break a lot. 26 in fast break uh, points per game for Phoenix, 28th in fast break points per game for Houston. You would expect Houston to be, you know, zooming up and down the court, but, uh, you don't get a lot of points on, on the fast break. I think Phoenix defensively, uh, can do some things to limit Jalen green and some of those guys, so I do like the under in this the most. As far as the side, I would lean with you guys with uh, with Houston, but I won't be on it. I like the under a lot more. Uh, Scott, thoughts on the total? It's tricky because the first two meetings broke the 230 margin. But mm-hmm. once again, I do think that Booker being out kind of makes you want to toss all the stats out the window for those first yeah. two games. Yep. I think I'm going to lean to the under as well. I think the pace will be slow. Phoenix, I don't think, is going to want to run, especially with Chris Paul controlling the ball most of the time now. We've seen Paul play more off-ball this season, letting Booker do his thing. That's not the case anymore. Paul's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. 
So I'd probably look for Chris Paul assists in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think if you're looking at the total, I'd lean under. We've seen how the offense runs when Chris Paul is the main option with ball handling. The game just turns into a crawl. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, but I do like Chris Paul assists over. I think he's in line to go for potentially 12 assists, especially with Aiton getting a bunch of good opportunities with a good post position. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to have a lot of assist opportunities in this game. Yeah, I like the under this game here as well. I'm right there with you guys. Um, Despite the Rockets being 4 0, I'm sorry, the Rockets being 5 5 on the total. Uh, when they are home underdogs, not much there as far as the total. The Rockets are thirteen and thirteen on the total, over under five and five uh, at home, five and five as home underdogs. Uh, so not 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 uh, over glaring stats as far as the total. A couple of player props, yeah, I agree about the uh, Chris Paul assists in this game. Also, I was looking at Mikael Bridges at three point shots uh, made in this game. That's actually at plus money here tonight. Uh, against this Rockets team, where they're not a very good team at defending the three-point line. I see Mikael Bridges at two and a half at plus one twenty-five. Uh, Rockets are number twenty-two, sorry, number twenty-five as far as three-point percentage allowed at thirty-six point nine, and they are the second worst team as far as makes allowed per game, thirteen point nine, about fourteen per game. Uh, so I think Mikael Bridges, especially with no Devin Booker like we talked about. Uh, but no Cam Johnson, obviously, as well. In his last game without Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges got up a total of 23 shots uh, in that game against the Pelicans. Yeah, I understand it went into overtime, uh, but whereas were more shot attempts for him, but he got up 23 total shots, and 13 of them were three-point shots where he did make five of um, 13 three-point shots against the Pelicans in that game. So uh, I like that at plus money here tonight as far as player props. Uh, anything else you guys are looking at for the player props in this game here, Delonte? Um, I like Aiton a lot. Uh, I like his points and rebounds. I also like him for a double-double. Uh, he's had six 20 and 10 games in the last 10. I think his points and rebounds is at 30 and a half. Uh, that's the last number I saw. I'm not sure if it moved or anything since then. Uh, I think CP3 has to be a little bit more aggressive tonight with uh, Booker out. And, I mean, you know, he's uh, – I guess it's kind of a not a homecoming, but – Something of the sorts for him in Houston. Revenge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think he'll I think he'll play well. Uh I'll look at him over 13 and a half points as well. Uh him and Aiden in those pick and rolls is gonna get a lot of drop coverage. Uh we all know CP3's master of the mid-range. So I think he can get over this 13 and a half, and I like Aiden points and rebounds over 30 and a half. Uh all right. Uh Scott, anything else as far as player props? No, not really. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the New Orleans Pelicans in uh, Utah to take on the Jazz here tonight. Uh, this is going to be a nine o'clock start. Yeah, nine o'clock Eastern start in this game. Looking at the lines for this game, uh, the Pelicans are a minus one and a half point uh, road favorite here over on WinBet. The line opened up, I believe it was minus. Yeah, minus one and a half. It stayed the course at minus one and a half. Total opened up at 231 and a half. That's actually been bet up to 232 and a half in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, the Pelicans continue to be without Brandon Ingram. Um, Herb Jones is probable here tonight for the Pelicans and then for the Utah Jazz. Uh, let's see here. Colin Sexton continues to be out. He has the right hamstring issue. Other than that, pretty clean injury report for the Utah Jazz. Lori Markinen is back for the Utah Jazz in this game. Uh, Delonte, let me start with you on this game on the side here. Pelicans minus one and a half in Utah here tonight. 
Yeah, a little bit. This is going to be a great game. Uh, so I'm having a little bit of a conflict because I love New Orleans um, and I lost a lot of money betting against Utah early when they were on their run. They're kind of coming back to earth now. Um, four and six ATS the last 10, but they still winning money uh, overall 16, 12 and one ATS uh, for the season. Um, New Orleans, five and oh, straight up four and one in those uh, five games. Uh, if you want to go back a little bit further, seven and three. ATS at the last 10. Uh, this It's just that I don't think that uh, I, I don't think I can pose like an uh, advantage for either team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that I can make cases for both sides. And when I think that way, I usually stay off of the game. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch. I think that New Orleans defensively is not getting enough credit for what they do with some of those wing guys that they have. And this has been without Herb Jones and Brandon Ingram. And they are one of the two teams in the top 10 in both offensive rating and defensive rating. You know, what the other team is top 10 in defensive rating and offensive rating. You said new Orleans it's, is the one new Orleans is one. Who do you think the other team is? I don't think it's Boston. I'm not I sure Boston's no good enough defensively. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, it is Boston though. Okay. Yeah. That so I think that what New Orleans is doing defensively is underrated. They're third in uh defensive rating, uh sixth in offensive rating. But Utah usually thrives and is they're, they're a dog, but they're a small dog at home. They usually thrive, they're getting Laurie back. Um they're also fifth in offensive efficiency, and this is without um this is without Sexton and have been without Laurie for the past uh maybe like two weeks. So I think they'll get a jolt with Lori uh, coming in, and I don't want to bet against either team. I would look at the over. I agree with that. That over money coming in. Both teams are top top five in offensive efficiency. They both shoot the ball extremely well. Uh, the only thing I can lean to is the over right now. I just I got I got a pretty good read on both teams, and uh, I'll just be sitting this one out. But I would lean to the over. I think the difference for me in this game here is that Utah can't defend the paint at all. They're dead last. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And points allowed inside the paint, 56.1, where New Orleans thrives inside the paint, where they rank number two as far as points scored inside the paint. Or anything might be a big game for Zion here tonight against this Utah Jazz team. Um, both teams do are very good at defending the three-point line, but I think that's going to be the def- uh, difference here tonight for me is that um, the Pelicans are, are just a scoring machine inside and they really don't have anybody inside Utah Jazz to, to really slow down uh, Zion in this game. Uh, so I think that might be the dipping scale for me here. I, I, this number seems a little trappy here, but I have to go with the Pelicans here. I think they're playing great basketball right now. Um, if this game was yesterday, could have been a letdown spot after what they did with Phoenix. But I think they've had a couple of days off here to kind of refocus and now go into Utah uh, and, 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 you know, beat this team here. So I, I'm going to go with Pelicans here. Minus one and a half. Scott, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm going to go with the Pelicans as well. I think that sex and injury is huge because he's been one of their best bench pieces, averaging 14 plus points per game. Uh, as you said before, Utah can't stop anybody in the paint, giving up the most points in the paint per game. I like the over in Zion points. I know it was 26 and a half on the overnight. Now it's a 27 and a half. I think he should go for 30. Uh, I don't think anyone could actually guard him in the entire league, but especially Utah. They don't have any rim protection. They don't have any actual centers because Olenek is more of a finesse power forward who's playing center for this team. Maybe Walker Kessler, but good luck to you, I guess. I, I just think Zion's going to feast in this game. 
I don't mind McCollum either. I knew I was at 19 and a half. He, he killed Utah in the first meeting. I believe he had 28 points. I think the number is a bit too low for him, but I like the over. As Delonte said before, I think you're going to see a lot of points. I'll go with the over in this one, but I think Zion should really just walk into 30 in this game. Yeah, CJ McCollum in that first game of the season against the Utah Jazz, 41 minutes, 28 points, and 12 dimes uh, in that game uh, against the Utah Jazz. I think we're all in agreement about the over here. We talked about some player props. Any other player props you want to mention here, Delonte, that you like for this game? Um, yeah, if if uh, if that Zion price is a little bit higher than what some guy, you know, what some people want to lay, uh, I would look at his points, rebounds, and assists. Um, he's at uh, 30 and a half points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, 4.8 assists per game uh, in December. That's just a five game, you know, small sample size. But so if it's anywhere under, I guess. Uh, 40, 41, I would, I mean, if it's anything, you know, like 38, 39, I would look over in that, especially with the matchup that he has, uh, a matchup advantage that he has with the um, Utah defense. Um, Valanchunas, double-double. He's had one, he has one in six of the last eight. Uh, He had foul trouble in the last game, and he still finished with eight and ten, so, I mean, only a few free throws or a bucket away. Uh, So, I think he'll have, you know, a decent game inside. Uh, Malik Beasley threes is something I really, really like. He's had four plus and four of the last five. And not only that, but he's getting attempts up. He's got 48 attempts in the, in that span. Yeah. Uh, so two and a half threes made is what I see on him. Uh, I would love, I would play that to maybe like three and a half to be honest with you. I think he is in for a big night shooting the ball. Uh, yeah, I agree. Malik Beasley. I was looking at him against Minnesota. Um, uh, in that revenge spot, a, a, a um, was it been enough? Sorry, against, uh, yeah, against Minnesota earlier, mm-hmm. the, I think a couple of weeks ago, and, and yep. he was just, you know, knocking him down. And again, like, you know, Scott mentioned, not Colin, Colin Sexton in this game. That's going to just, I think, more minutes for guys like Malik Beasley in this game. But, yep. you know, with Herb Jones probably here tonight, I think that gives you more confidence having your best defensive player out there as well. Alvarado is back as well. So I think this Pelicans team, you know, I think they can give some fits to the uh, to the Utah Jazz here. But I just feel like the Pelicans are just going to get whatever they want offensively here tonight. So I think I, I do like the Pelicans team total in this game here as well. That number is currently sitting at 117 over on win bet. So but I might play the over on that here tonight. Uh, anything else for this game, guys, before we get over to the last game of the night? I don't think it's likely, but the fact that he had 12 assists in the first meeting, McCollum double-doubles 11-1. to Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think that's blindly mm. worth a flyer. Once again, you have 12 assists in the first game. It's supposed to be a high-scoring game. We Totals in the 230s. I think it's worth something. If you're getting a guy who had a double-double in the first game to do it again at 11-1, to one. I think there's value on that. So, blind flyer on McCollum double-double. I don't hate it. I don't hate I don't hate that either. Uh what is Laurie to get a double double? Did you see that? I didn't see that this morning. Uh plus three fifty. I like that. I like that. I like that. A lot. His I mean his points and rebounds is twenty nine and a half. So I mean, I guess maybe they're expecting what they're expecting I mean, to go for twenty and change. I yeah. Think. So yeah. I think he you know, they they lack size, so he's gonna mm-hmm. be you know, he's gonna be in there. And recently before he got hurt, he was getting like double digit rebounds like every game. I think he had a stretch where he had six double-digit rebounding games. So, yeah, I definitely would take a flyer on that. That's that should be closer to maybe like 180, 200 range. I, I think that's three, three one is kind of high. So I, I'll take a flyer on that as well. All right, guys, last game of the night, uh, the second game on uh, TNT here tonight. That's going to be the Boston Celtics 
finishing up their road trip in LA to take on the Lakers church night. Uh, they are, let's see here. Line opened up in this game at minus three and a half in favor of the Boston Celtics. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus three and a half total open about two thirty two and a half. That number has been bet up money coming in on the over here. That number is all the way up to two thirty five in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Assuming everybody is going to play here tonight for the Boston Celtics over Al Horford. They're going to be without him. For the L.A. Lakers, Anthony Davis is probable. LeBron is probable. Only guys that are out for it. Lakers is going to be their backup center, winning Gabriel. And Juan Toscano Anderson also out for this game for the L.A. Lakers. But um, last night, the Clippers – sorry, the Clippers, yeah, did beat this Boston Celtics team, uh, 113-93. Boston so far this season in back-to-back situation, guys. They are four and one against the spread and three one and one to the over in back-to-back situations here tonight. Uh, but this team has been a more of a dead nut under team on the road. We saw another team, another under cash last night uh, in that game against the Clippers. But both these teams, especially the Lakers, do like playing at a very high pace here. But let's start with the side here first. Boston minus three and a half against the LA Lakers here tonight. Scott, let me start with you on this game. What do you like about this game? It's very tricky because the Celtics have struggled lately. They're on a back-to-back, but they got killed yesterday, so they didn't have to actually use the starters down the stretch of the game. So they were able to rest some of the main guys in the fourth quarter. The Lakers are not very good, but people want to pretend they are because LeBron and Anthony Davis have been good lately, mostly Davis, who's been incredible. I don't think I have really a strong opinion on the side. I think I'd probably lean to Boston just because I think that they're the better overall team, and I think they'll be motivated after getting embarrassed on the same floor. Different color scheme because of the Clippers, but still, they got embarrassed on the same floor, and they'll be motivated for this game. But I got to like the over in pretty much every Anthony Davis prop. You have Blake Griffin on him. You you have no chance. You you have absolutely no chance. It's not your fault because Horford's injured, and you don't have many other options with Robert Williams still being hurt. But Blake Griffin is going to get killed in this yeah. game. There's really no way around it. Give me the over for Davis props. I think Davis could go for 35. It wouldn't surprise me, which is why it's tricky because I think the Lakers have a shot to win this game. But we've seen this movie before. The Lakers will have massive games from LeBron or Davis, and the supporting cast is going to stink, and they're going to lose the game anyway. We've seen this before. So I'm going to yeah. lean to Boston. I don't feel great about it, though. But I will take the over on Davis points. The rebounds are at 12 and a half. I like the over, too. Davis really needs to feast in this game. I'd rather attack the player props. Uh, Delonte, thoughts on the side here? Yeah, as far as the side, I mean, I think, you know, what, what it really was that everybody's, you know, not saying it, but, you know, Boston, they were looking ahead to, to play the Lakers. That's what it was. They, they were They were saving their energy for the Lakers. Uh, I'm only joking. I'm not. I'm not being serious. But uh, yeah, I like. Uh, I kind of like LA here. I'm not. Um, I'm not sure if Boston maybe is just gonna be ready to get back home. Uh, you know, after that two game stretch that they played. That's the last game of a West Coast road trip. Yeah. Well. So I'm not sure if. I'm not sure how much energy they'll bring. Um, they were. They were pretty much dominated from start to finish in that um, Clippers game. Now. We all know that the Lakers don't have anything close to that combo. And I'm with you on AD. He has a big advantage, but, I mean, AD's is, AD is like, if he sits on the bench wrong, he might get injured and be out for the game. So, <laughs> I mean, 
I, I just I can't trust taking his props. I know Scott. The last time we were on together, uh, you took his props, and he was done after, with that that flu game that he, yeah, he whatever played, he had. Yeah. yeah so I, I just I can't trust Anthony Davis until he puts together a string of games again like he has uh, last month. Um, but side wise, I would lean to the Lakers. I think they'll come out with a lot of energy. Uh, LeBron usually gets up for these kind of games. Uh, national TV game, last game of the uh, last game of the night. I think he's going to be pretty motivated to come in. I seen a LeBron double double at two to one. That can't be right. Am, am I? Did you guys see that? Uh, uh, let me see. DraftKings has it two to one. That I, I, this got to be yeah. a mistake. Plus two hundred five. Yeah, I, I, I you got to give me that. I, I, I'll take that all day. I think he he's in for he's in for a twenty eight twelve and seven type of game. Um, so in order for in order for the Lakers to win, Anthony Davis has to dominate. Um, if he plays the game fully, I think he will be able to dominate. Uh, so I'll lean to the Lakers here. Um, just they just, I just don't know how they get stops. You know, Tatum's coming in. He's struggling. He is uh, 13 of 41 his last two games. So, you know, he's going to be looking for a bounce back effort. I'm just not sure how much energy those guys have. Um, Scott said, you know, they they sat for the most part um, in that game at the end. So maybe they're ready to get back home and just reset. So uh, I'll lean to the Lakers right now uh, at plus three and a half. Yeah, this is their last game of their West Coast road trip, but they do have full, two full days off before they have to play again on uh, Friday uh, where they will start a very long um, homestand are the Boston Celtics. They'll have one, two, three, four, I think a seven-game homestand. Uh, but now that won't start till Friday. So maybe, you know, we say better effort here tonight after, you know, maybe you want to close out this road trip with a victory before you get back home and build some positive momentum. I'll lean with Boston here as well. I think my more favorite play here tonight may be just the over in this game. We've seen money come in on the over um, uh, from 232.5 all the way up to 234.5, now 235.5. So um, I, I like the over in this game. I agree 100% about what Scott said with Anthony Davis in this game here tonight. There's just nobody there to defend him. And if it's going to be Blake Griffin, good luck to you, Blake Griffin, in this game, right. trying to defend uh, uh, Anthony Davis, who's just mm. been playing so good uh, this season for the L.A. Lakers. Uh, any other player props you guys may be looking at in this game here, Scott? Uh, not really. Uh, I just feel like at the end of the day, I'm expecting Davis to dominate. I'm expecting Tatum to play better, but I just think Boston has so many options, even off the bench. That's the real difference for me. I yeah. still think the Lakers bench is useless. So I think Boston's bench unit should do whatever they want. Uh, but for the props, not really. I just think they're going to end up seeing a game where, Lebr- where LeBron and AD have to do everything for this team. And I don't think it's going to be good, good enough in the end, but we'll see. I don't really have any props I like, though, besides the Dennis, ones I mentioned. Dennis Schroeder revenge game? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go with no. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Delonte, you got anything else, my man? Uh, a couple more player props I like. Yeah. Uh, I really like Lonnie Walker threes. Uh, he's had two plus in nine of the last 11. He's also had 15 plus points in uh, six of the last 10. Uh, I think his threes are set at one and a half um, right now, and his points is set at 13 and a half. I like both of those over. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity off of AD double teams kicking out to him, uh, and then LeBron driving kicks. So I think his opportunity is going to be there to hit a lot of threes. So I'll lean – well, I'll, I'll be playing um, his points over and his threes over. Uh, Tatum rebounds. Uh, he's had double-digit rebounds in five of the last seven. 
Scott, you mentioned it about the size of um, of the Celtics without uh, Williams in. Uh, Tatum's been taking on a lot more rebound and responsibility. So I think that he'll be able to get down in the paint, uh, grab some rebounds. And, I mean, with the Lakers shooting 28 in effective three-point percentage, there's going to be a lot of shots missed. A lot of shots missed. So I didn't mention it because I didn't see any lines up, but I uh, like Tatum like double double. I seen game. eight and a half for his rebounds. Uh, I I'll like his. Du- I like. I like the double double as well. Uh, I didn't see Plus that one fifty. Yeah, I like that too. Um, yeah, those two I like a lot. I didn't see a Brogdon points prop, but he's had fifteen in mm-hmm. he had fifteen plus points in uh, seven of the last eight. So he's playing pretty well off the bench. Uh, I just didn't see a number uh, to play on that. Yeah, I think I mean the more and more you're kind of talking about this bench is absolutely going to murder the Lakers bench because there's <laughs> nothing really behind at all. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, or at least that starting lineup. I mean, I know you have Russ coming off the bench, but when you talk about the depth of the pure depth that this Boston Celtics team has, I think it's going to be a little difficult for them to keep up with the Boston Celtics. Uh, all right, guys, let's get over to our lock and dog for this Tuesday night schedule. Um, let's close it out strong here. Delonte, I'll let you lead it off, man. What do you got for your lock and dog for tonight? Uh, okay, so let's let's do a, a, a lock and a half. So if uh, if Drew Holiday's in, I want my lock to be Milwaukee minus the minus the four. Um, if he's not in, let's pivot to Philadelphia um, laying the five or five and a half on the road. Okay. Uh, I think that I, I really just think Milwaukee got has like they could obliterate Golden State tonight. That's that's the kind of thing that. Um, as far as matchup advantages that I think they have, uh, you know, they're never going to stay never out of it without, uh, you know, with Clay and Steph bombing away from three. But I think defensively they're going to be swarming if Drew Holiday's in. They got a lot of bodies to throw at those guys. Uh, Jordan Poole, he, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a Jordan Poole guy, as you guys know, so I'm not sure if you'll be able to handle the physicality that Milwaukee plays with uh, on the perimeter. So I look for that. And then, you know, Philly, we talked it over. Big NB game. NB should dominate uh, Sacramento. Um, so I guess for my official one, I would just go with Philly. Just I don't want to have a disclaimer out there. So I'll go with Philly for the dog uh, laying five, five and a half. Just find a better number. I see both numbers out here. All right. And what do you got for your dog? My dog, I'm going with the Lakers. Uh, I'm going with the Lakers, small home dog. Uh, like we discussed just a few minutes ago, uh, I think both guys are going to be up for this game. And um, I think that what I, I think that Boston might just be ready to get home and reset. So that's what I, that's what I'm gonna uh, lean on, lean on LeBron, and hopefully AD can play at least ten minutes for you, Scott. So uh, I'll lean to I'll, I'll play my dog as uh, the Lakers. All right, uh, Scott, what do we got for tonight? Uh, so for me, my lock's going to be a play that you actually mentioned in passing. Uh, it's going to be the Pelicans team total over. I see it at 116.5 at minus 120. I'll gladly grab that. New Orleans offensively has been great lately. Big reason why they've been winning a bunch of games. They have scored at least 117 in, uh, let me just pull that up. Sorry, uh, five of the last six games. Utah has no paint defense. I think the Pelicans will get whatever they want. Offensively, they've just fully unleashed Zion. It's about time, and they've been unstoppable ever since. I'll go with the team total over for New Orleans there. They should potentially get to 120, but 116 and a half seems a little bit too low against the worst paint defense in the league. Give me the Pelicans team total over. All right, love it. Uh, and for your dog, what do you got? 
So I'm ready to get hurt again. I don't learn my lesson. I'll take Anthony Davis, uh, 30 plus <laughs> points at plus 115. Uh, I just like the spot too much. You're looking at what the Celtics have besides fatigue angles. Blake Griffin has no chance in hell to, to guard Anthony Davis in this game. The Lakers have to rely on him, and Davis has been a monster lately. I thought about the rebounds potentially because he has been very good at rebounding against the Celtics, but with Horford being out, this team defensively in the paint's kind of shot, mm-hmm. and I do think that Davis has a great spot to get to the line 15 times to end up with 30-something points, but I'll take AD 30-plus at plus 115 as my small dog. All right. Uh, all right, for my lock here tonight, um, give me that over in the Boston Celtics and the Lakers game here tonight. I think that we'll, we'll, I think the Boston Celtics are going to have a great shooting night here tonight from three-point land. Uh, they certainly they want to close out their West Coast trip strong here. They are 4-1-1 and one and one, uh, to the over in back-to-back games so far this season. I'm uh, sorry, 3-1-1. One to the over in back-to-back games so far this season. And, uh, you know, Lakers like getting up and down the court here. And I think that we'll see a Boston Celtics knock down their shots here tonight. I know they went up with the Clippers and have a good night last night, but uh, not a big travel situation here tonight. We talked about uh, most of the starters didn't play heavy minutes outside of Tatum, who played 37 last night. But, um, you know, it probably was a look-ahead spot for them against the Lakers. Who knows? I know they're not very good, but when you have the opportunity to go up against guys like Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron James, um, you probably look forward to that. And like you talked about a lot there, Scott, that Anthony Davis should be able to get easy points. I think we'll be seeing points being put up in this game. So I'll go with the over in the Celtics and the Lakers game. Uh, for my dog, um, not a lot that I've logged as far as money line dogs here tonight. Take the Rockets. Be a homer. <sighs> yeah, I think yeah, they keep it ahead. competitive, man. You know what? Yeah, I'll do it. Give me the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Give me the Rockets. Plus 190 here tonight. No Devin Booker who always torches the Rockets. They've been playing great at home. Um, you know, people might want to say that that Milwaukee Bucks game was a fluke, but I'm starting to – it counts as a W. Yeah, they got a W. They got w a, a W in this league, man. You got to say as, as the uh, win against Milwaukee a couple of years ago when Porter Jr. Oh, Porter, had 50. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe something that the Rockets just have their number. I don't know what it is. But, look, I'm starting to see the effort is there from this team, right? And uh, guys like Jabari, like I mentioned, they've he's been getting better game by game for the Rockets. Uh, Jalen Smith, Kevin Porter Jr., and they're a little shorthanded here tonight are the Phoenix Suns, obviously. But, uh, why not? Give me the Rockets plus 190. If you're ever to find Joel Embiid at plus money on his rebounds, I'm starting to see some 10 and a halves pop up at plus 115-ish. I also like that for Joel Embiid here tonight. He's been killing it on the boards against Sacramento Kings uh, in his career. So give me two dogs there. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, Delonte, anything else you want to get for Chessman, man, before we get out of here? Uh, not really, man. Uh, just... Let's get some winners on the board. Yes, sir. Uh, make sure to follow Delante on Twitter at XXLante, L-O-N-T-E-X-X uh, on Twitter. Uh, Scott, anything else, my man? Not really. You can find me on Twitter, Right Show Radio. Uh, besides that, I think it's pretty dumb. The NBA just decided to rename a bunch of the awards. I think it's a massive <laughs> waste of time. Just call it the MVP. Just call right. it the sixth man. You don't have to make – I don't care who won the Michael Jordan Award. Just say it's the MVP. You turn it into hockey. You got to keep track of who won the Hart Trophy. You mean, is that the MVP one? 
Like the rookie ones, the Calder. Like you start going through the names, going like, "What the hell does this represent again?" But <laughs> the wrong sport did it. it. It should be. It should be the NFL and college football switching around their awards. It could be, but either should, way, the point is the NBA just decided to rebrand its awards, and I don't remember ever asking them to. So that was kind of the weird news of the day, I guess. But whatever is what it is. You know where to find me on Twitter. All my free picks, and that's really all there is to it. Yeah, make sure to follow uh, Scott on Twitter at. We just we just Radio. didn't talk about the award stuff, so I threw that in there at the end. Yeah, um, follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to uh, follow the NBA Gambling Podcast account at SGPNNBA, and again, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. You guys get a notification every day when we do go live uh, for the NBA uh, Monday through Friday. So make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel for the NBA Gambling Podcast. All right, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow for the Wednesday action. Uh, Tune in then. Until then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me.